You're listening to MeSearch. I'm Crystal. And my name is Dustin. We're two friends taking space. And making space. For other Filipinos to share their stories and insights. Join us as we talk to folks in the community to discover how they became trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Dustin. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that. I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> you know what? It's great. Yeah, we You're love You're perfect. It. Thanks. <laughs> and I'm into it. Um, I'm just into the fact that we're here today. Yeah. Because these moments with you bring me joy. Aw, these moments with you bring me joy. I'll give you money later. <laughs> <laughs> so to start this podcast, we have a question from a friend of the pod. Who's it from, Crystal? It's from Dee of Gamchat Podcast. Y'all, if you are not listening to Gamchat Podcast, you better go and listen and see what's up. But um, Dee asked us, what are your pre-COVID should-have, could-have, would-haves that you will try to make sure happens once Rona has simmered down? Ooh. Well, I have deep regrets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> regrets. I have deep regrets for uh, not going to the lobster buffet. <laughs> at, <laughs> at like Pachanga or like Morongo or. You know. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. I love Pachanga. Do you? Yeah, Pachanga and Paula, the buffets specifically. Ooh, I have never been. Uh, ooh. Uh, I don't know if buffets will actually be a thing, though, once all of this is done. Mm -hmm. Or at least the experience of going to a buffet, I feel like, should be a bit different from what we've learned about germs and stuff. Yeah, um, (laughs) please, I will go to the station, hand me, I'm going to point out, it's like turo turo, right? I'm going to point out what I want. Hey, I want the steak to the left with... The loads of rendered fat. <laughs> I love a buffet. Dude, me too. <laughs> I love a buffet. But um, I prefer to not have anyone's grubby ass hands on the tongs that I put my hands on either because I don't know what you do when you wash your hands or don't wash your hands and i don't want to be part of it uh love y'all but no thanks um but yes please bring back the lobster buffet um i haven't seen it open up yet but i'm really praying that it happens um because i just want all you can eat lobster boo i just i just want it and you know i'm sad that like uh the lobster the lobster festival is no longer happening and the strawberry festival is not happening this year. My favorite, my most favorite coveted festivals of every year that happens have not happened for the last two years, but I hope that comes back. And uh, I'd like to go to Japan for our honeymoon because we were supposed to go uh, in April of 2020, but obviously that didn't happen. So I'd love to go to Japan and, 
and finally celebrate our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? That sounds fun. I know. Well, um, I'm all about the buffets. Uh-huh. Like, I, I grew up on buffets. Hometown buffet. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> give it to me. What's the Hometown. other one? Golden Corral. I've never tried Golden Corral. We didn't have that in Orange County. Bruh. Um, not like it's the best thing, but like it's definitely a nostalgic thing for me. Aww. Golden Corral and or... Hometown buffet, mm-hmm. not and or, <laughs> either one. <laughs> um, like we would go after church, yeah, um, and that was just like the routine. Uh. Lobster buffets, I would go with my family. I personally am not super into seafood, but like I get the appeal. Mm. I get it, everyone. I understand <laughs> it. I've tried it, so I'm not yucking anyone's yum. I have the right. To have that opinion since I've tried it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but like, um, I'm more into like everything else at the buffet, <laughs> particularly the desserts. Okay. Um, especially at buffets like Pachanga or or Paula because they have like semi fancy desserts. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, like macaron cookies. That are usually at a macaron store. It's like what three bucks for a cookie. I just get a huge plate of that, and I start my meal with just that because you always need to make sure you have room for dessert, and you need to make sure that you consume the products that you wouldn't otherwise be able to afford outside <laughs> of that space. You gotta get your money's worth. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a it's a strategy. You gotta have a strategy when you go into buffets. You know, you can't just go yeah. in willy nilly. <laughs> Yeah, you got to hit up the dessert station first, get the expensive desserts. That way, you know, you're done with that. Mm-hmm. And then you hit up the meat station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the vegetables you can get if you feel like you're the healthy type. Um, otherwise, you have to load up on your meats first. Hell yeah. And get your sides. Mm. Get the meats. Mm-mm-mm. Get the meats. Get the meats. And then go yeah. for the carbs. But you know what? Oh, but you know, okay. I feel like we can talk about like buffet strategy, strategy, and like that's a whole podcast. That is a whole podcast that I would happily chat about um, (laughs) because I have, I really have like a, I have a system. (laughs) Yeah, we should go. We should go to a buffet together. I don't know that we've ever gone to a buffet we've done all you can eat before oh my god but yeah. not like a buffet buffet where you have to get up and get your own food type of situation oh my god we need to go to a buffet boo and i want okay. to see what you do we need to get all um we need to go to buffets that are at different degrees of like uh quality mm-hmm. there's definitely quality <laughs> variations here because at the lower at the lower tier actually i take this back i was gonna say at the lower tier um buffets i typically get just a bunch of pizza but regardless <laughs> of the buffet like if it's Ooh. a very high-end buffet or a low-end buffet i always get pizza <laughs> you know what's just so weird yeah no, no no i i understand and like i look at it i'm like this isn't gonna be that good <laughs> No. <laughs> it's not going to be that good. 
but I'm going to put it on my plate anyway and see what happens. And every time I'm just like, eh, this is all right. <laughs> every single time. I don't oh know God, why. Funny. It's kind of like cottage cheese for me. Like, I don't like cottage cheese, but I think it looks appealing, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of different because I love pizza and I don't like cottage cheese. But I want to like cottage cheese. I want to. And I think it looks great and that it, it appeals to me. So every time I, I'm like, okay, I think this is a day that I'm going to try it and it's going to be fucking amazing. And then I put it in my mouth and I'm just like, oh, this is still cottage cheese <laughs> 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 that I don't really care for. But God damn it, I want to like it. Have you tried it with other food items or do you just eat it by itself? I think I've had it with like, some kind of fruit thing. Mm. But cuz I feel like you can you can dress it up to be either sweet or savory. Oh uh-huh, yeah yeah yeah. I just see even now like as I as I'm thinking about it I'm like ooh the texture. Ooh yeah, like kind of weird, kind of uh big grainy, but like chewy, mm-hmm. not chewy, but like you know what I mean? I, what is a uh, smush smushy. It's smushy. <laughs> That freaking adjective, dude. Uh, oh, anyway. Um, anyway, so back to my response. Sorry. I feel like I would also say buffets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Uh, because I feel like they would, I feel like after, I feel like post-COVID, it would be done very well. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like buffets are going away, to be honest, because I... That's just a whole vibe. That's an experience. It is. Like people people like going to buffets. Yeah, like us. <laughs> yeah. I real I would be I would be shocked if buffets went away. I just feel like it will be different and I would be happy to go try out the new uh the new system, whatever that may be. Yeah, I'm here for the new system. Just give me like all you can eat options. <laughs> Yes. Yes. All you can eat. That's the key. And variety. Yeah. Oh, we should go to Vegas just to do the buffet tour. Listen, I know that Bacchanal is open, and I think all the buffets are open in Vegas, so... (sighs) Okay. Well, we've made our our post-COVID plan, everyone. That's... This is the thing that Crystal and I will do. We'll podcast from Vegas. Yeah, see you there. <laughs> yeah, see y'all there. Um, anyway, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything else, Boo? Anything else? Um, I feel like... God, my mind just immediately went to food. I know. I understand. Because all I've been eating in my area is just like the fast food restaurants like that are close by. Uh-huh. But also like the sit-down experience is not like that great if they if they make you sit down outside where they might not normally have outdoor seating like the ambiance is like a lot of what draws me to a sit-down restaurant right and if it's if they have like a makeshift tent in the parking lot i appreciate that but like i don't want to i don't want to do that Mm. i wouldn't be excited to do that Uh uh-huh unless it was with like friends i haven't seen for a while otherwise if it's just like me uh, by myself, like I, I personally would not do that, mm-hmm. um, because that's not fun for me. You want to look at the things. 
I want to look at the things. I enjoy the hustle of bustle of the indoors. And also, I don't like bugs. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> bugs. Yeah. Yeah. But I have. I will say I have. I have done the outdoor dining, mm-hmm. um, and I do appreciate the uh, people that work there. Yeah, they're trying really hard. <laughs> they are. They're, they're doing the best they can. Hey, to all our our restaurant folks, like so much props to y'all for pivoting and pivoting and pivoting and pivoting for the last year and a half. Yeah, and if anybody goes out to restaurants, like tip your servers well. Oh my please. god! Please do that. Please, yeah. as a as a uh, old server, it's it makes all the difference. <laughs> where did you Where did you work? Oh my god, I worked at the Olive Garden, and oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, and Bubba Gumps. I worked at um, a Southwest Grill and Bar. Oh, I, I never made it to server. I was the dish guy. Uh huh. And I and I bust tables. That stuff. Oh my god, it's, it's hard, hard work, work man. It's hard. <laughs> It's hard work. Like, give your restaurant people some, or all the credit because they work hard. Yeah. And the base pay is not great. That is why the tips must be paid. Yes. Yes. It's hard, like, literally very hard labor. Yeah. So give them some love, y'all. Yeah. Give them some love. Anyway. Anyway. All right. So. Thank you for the question, D. Uh, D of Gamchat Podcast. Check them out. And for everyone else, if you have a question or a message that you want us to share on the show, contact us on our social media at Mesearch Podcast, or you can email us at contactmesearch at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice recording at anchor.fm slash mesearchpodcast. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. So who is on the show today, Bo? In this episode, we're talking to Jeanette Mangelit Castro, who is the CEO of Bow Undies, an online retail and subscription company for women's underwear. With every subscription, Bow Undies also donates a pair of undies to women in need at local shelters. We'll chat to Jeanette about her family, her take on leadership and communication, as well as her experience with colonial mindset. Let's get into this episode! Let's do it! Let's do it! Let's do it! Welcome, Jeanette Mangelit Castro. We're excited to have you here in Me Search. What's up? Um, yeah. I think you're amazing, uh, BTW. Uh, you're my fave. <laughs> I'm. I'm not gonna ask for a sample, but I might ask for a sample. But you know, whatever. You're making me shy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. Don't I'm not. be shy. Don't be shy. <laughs> But, by the way, Jeanette's vocals are, like, hella on point. Thank you. <laughs> y'all, if y'all haven't checked out their single, uh, y'all need to check it out. Do not sleep on it, because that was fire! Fire! Oh, yeah, that's right! All the fires. All the fire emoji. Jeanette and I released a cover of I'm So Tired mm. by Love and Troy Sivan. So check it out. Jeanette's yes. so talented. So talented. It's a sad song. You know, for the feels. Yeah. And I love it. Me too. I just love the feels. So many feels. I was <laughs> I wasn't tired after listening to it because I was so energized by both of your beautiful voices. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> Jeanette's for the feels, Crystal's for the puns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for being here. Um, before we begin, can you please paint us a picture of where you are at in this moment, mentally or physically, maybe both uh, for our listeners? Um, give us a sense of what's going on in your space. Um, physically, I am in my room with the door closed because I have two dogs that are clingy. <laughs> so, you know, I'm kind of hiding from them right now. That's where I am physically. Um, mentally, I am excited. I'm like a little nervous. Like talking about being Filipino is a lot, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited. And I'm grateful that you guys are giving me the space to be able to share like my thoughts and my feelings and my stories. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yay. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, we're we're grateful that you're here. It's very exciting that we get to chat with a Filipino leader in business like yourself. Um, y'all, we're currently speaking to the CEO of Bo. So can you tell us a little bit about Bo? Yes. So Bo is a women's underwear subscription that donates a pair of underwear to women in need. Um, We're on a mission to empower women, starting with women's most basic necessity, which is underwear. It was actually founded by not me. It was founded by two Asian American women who started it kind of just as a side thing, like hobby thing to empower women. They brought me on to do their marketing and eventually they trusted me with taking on the business and now paving this new way and this new era of Bo. That's really all about women, empowering women and creating a space to have collaborations with different women-owned businesses as well. Amazing. Yay. I also also want to say like, I'm not surprised that they uh, tapped you to be the CEO, because you're just, your whole personality is very much like, go get them, let's do this. And like a phrase that I learned from you was propensity towards action. Yeah, I just feel like <laughs> you and I are very much the same in that regard. Yeah, I'm like, dude, she gets things done. You do too, Dustin. Yeah. You do too. Thanks, man. I Thanks. love that. I'm hella proud of you, by the way. <laughs> I'm proud of you too. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about your family, Jeanette. You have three other siblings, and your your siblings went into a little bit of, of a more traditional career path. Yes. For Filipinos, that is. Yes. Nursing, medical school, and whatnot. Um, I want to know from you, what was it like for you in your Filipino family to lean into your entrepreneurial tendencies? Yes. So I am the second oldest of four. My ate, she is a pharmacy tech. Okay. Super smart. Love her to death. My sister after me, her name is Jessica. Um, She just graduated and is a doctor of physical therapy from USC. Love her to death. So smart. So talented. And then um, my fourth sister, her name is Jade. She's 15. And she's like at this cusp where like, does she want to be a veterinarian or like, does she want to do graphic design? So obviously I'm pushing her towards like the artsy graphic design. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> yeah, so my two sisters that are in like the medical field, 
you know, they kind of followed the more traditional way that my my Filipino parents wanted us all to go in. And um, it's kind of been a struggle for me. But I think like what I've learned is that my parents understanding of like goals that get met when you're doing like nursing or medicine, they're like very specific, right? It's like you finish and then you get into another program and then you get into rotation or like a clinical and then you graduate and then you get a job. Like they're very like set points that show that you've like made it. And I think in my entrepreneurial journey, um, those points are not like, they don't like understand it really. So it's like, I'll say, oh my gosh, like I got an investment. And then they're just like, okay, yeah, enough. Like, okay, like pass me the sinigang or whatever. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Or I'll say like, oh, wow, like we got this influencer to like join this like thing. And they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Or like these things that I'm so like stoked about, like it's not the same, right? So it's hard to like, celebrate these wins with them when they don't like fully understand it and I think before I used to get really like hurt and I would be like sad like so sad it felt like they felt some type of way like about me or like what I was accomplishing but I think I just learned that it just takes a little bit more of an explanation on why it's like a milestone to celebrate or why it's so important so it's been It was hard in the beginning, but now I'm learning that they're just doing the best that they can with what they know. And like, I can just be that like gap and explain things. Um, Yeah. That communication is definitely so important in, you know, these more non-traditional spaces because, yeah, (laughs) non-traditional. Yeah, non-traditional. So that's cool um, that you're bridging that gap of communication and understanding. Um, But speaking on your entrepreneurship, can you talk about any unique experiences that you've had in the, in the business world as a, as a Filipina? It's funny because I was like, you know what, there's nothing really interesting about being Filipina in business. Like that was like the first place where my mind went to. And that's totally like not true at all. (laughs) But it's funny because in a lot of ways, I'm still working on like this colonial mentality of like seeing myself as like white or like seeing myself as not like brown or like Filipino. So then when I when I hear that question, I just go to like, no, everything's like fine. Everything's like, it's whatever. But the truth is, oftentimes I've been in rooms where I am the only brown person or I am the only woman or I'm the only brown woman. And it's kind of like this room is relying on my experience to speak on behalf of everyone else that's not white. And so that's been really interesting to navigate. Like I've been in some marketing conversations that I'm just like, whoa, that's like a joke, right? Like there's no way we're going to do that as like the marketing <laughs> campaign. And it and it's hard because not only am I like a woman and already there's like this weird thing of like, I can't speak up, but now I'm like, brown and I can't speak up like you know it's like a weird thing like maybe I'm overthinking it but really like I think the people who came before me that are paving the ways for people like me to be in those rooms where the decisions are being made 
they're the ones that, you know, like are doing it. And like, I realized that in a lot of ways, like I'm one of those people that are doing it and paving the way as well. So I think just like my unique experience, right, of being a Filipina in the business world is like navigating those conversations and knowing that my opinion does matter. And I should say something, not just like go with the flow and perpetuate whatever ideals already exist. Um, Yeah. Are there any tools that you have, even like little maybe mantras or anything that like help you speak up in these rooms where you feel like, oh, you know, these, this is a moment where I need to speak up, but it's like, ah, you know, do you have any like tools that maybe you can share with us? Yes. Yes. One of the things that I love to do or like where, where I like to come from is a place of understanding, right? Instead of coming as like, oh, hey, like, that's a really bad idea, guys. <laughs> we need to like chill. Like, instead of coming <laughs> from that place, I come from like, oh, hey, Crystal, can you actually explain to me a little bit more about what you're thinking with that? Or like, mm-hmm. oh, like, why that word? Or like, mm-hmm. come from this place of asking and understanding instead of like, oh, hey, that's like not not a good idea. Because sometimes there are instances where you can misunderstand. And I think if people were just more coming from the place of trying to understand each other, it would just make all situations easier to like deal with, you know? Right. Yeah. So I think coming from a place of understanding. And then the second thing is not like directing like a comment Mm. at someone, you know, I was really bad at that in the beginning of my career. Like I'd be like, Dustin, like, no, like, that's not a good idea. Like, you know, like what? Um, Or I would, I would just be like, so relaxed about it. Like, no, Dustin, that's like a bad idea. Right. But now it's more of like, oh, hey, like, can someone like get me to understand? Cause I'm like a little bit confused. Like I come from that place. Mm-hmm. And it's really helped kind of have other people realize when they're doing something that's a little bit, you know, maybe let's not do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> them kind of think it through a little bit more. Love that. That's good advice. Great advice. I need to practice that more, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot before. The first time that I successfully did that in a meeting I was so excited and I just had so many emotions that I didn't know what to do or like what to feel. So I went to the bathroom and I just threw up. Like it was like (laughs) just a body response because I was so excited. I really did throw up. And I remember what I ate for lunch today. It's like burned in my memory, but you know. (laughs) I loved you then. I love you now, and I will continue loving you until I can no longer. You took a part of me until I had nothing left. The old me had to die, so the new me could be reborn. I didn't deserve that pain. I deserve love, just not from her. Today, I choose myself. I wanted to tell you, but you weren't there. These are the stories that I wish you heard. Streaming weekly episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.
We're back. Um, so, Jeanette, let's talk about some highlights in your career. Um, has there been any moment in your career that's been particularly memorable in a good way? Or is there any specific moment in your journey that you hold close to your heart? One of the most special moments in my career. So when I think about my career and who I am, I feel like my personal mission is to build things and build leaders, right? So like build things like businesses or like people. And um, I really enjoy that. I really love being like a hype girl for like someone and like letting them know like they can do it. You know, I, I love that. And um, I love to build anything. I love to build businesses, but it really stems from like the way my mind works. Um, I used to code like in college and after college. And I also used to build robots. So understanding like all these little parts that have to work together in order to build something, like that's just how my mind works. And, you know, like when, when I think of myself as a career woman or as a business woman, those are really the things that pull me and that drive me. So I think a special moment that I've had was probably in like summer 2019 like very specific but like (laughs) like I think that summer I I accepted who I am there had been so much guilt leading up to me figuring out what I wanted to do because I didn't want to pursue medicine but I always left it open to like keep my parents kind of like proud of me or like interested in what I was doing like oh maybe I'll go back and do that or like whatever but I think that summer I got really like clear with no that's not what I'm gonna do and I was really clear with my parents that I'm not gonna do that and that was just the the year in the summer that I accepted myself and really started that journey in discovering like who I am as a businesswoman what I wanted to do with my career and with my life and who I wanted to spend it with right so I don't know if that's a career thing, but kind of it's it's more of what led me to be able to have the career that I have now. What was the the catalyst in the summer of 2019 that got you to flip the switch in your head? Oh, there was a bunch of things. So I went to this thing called Business Mastery by Tony Robbins. It's this super bougie event. It's like $10,000 to like participate, something like that. I think it was 10,000 and I was actually sponsored by this other brand and business that I still currently work with. But I was there and I remember being in that room and it was just, there was no one really like me. No one who looked like me, no one who was, you know, like I, I just didn't see myself in these people. And at first I had this thought of like, what the am I doing in here? Like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This is like all white men who are like, talking a certain way like I'm just here in my little sweatpants and like trying to like make a space for myself and it it made me feel so small but I think in in the opposite way I was also like dude what the heck I'm here and these people are talking to me and I'm like telling them this is a good idea this is not a good idea and I'm able to be in these conversations and that's when it felt really empowering to me like I can actually do this so what is it that I need to let go of? Or what is it that I need to accept in order to like do this and like be this businesswoman that I want to be? 
that was kind of a big major catalyst that got me there. And you had also mentioned that during this time you had accepted a lot about yourself and a lot of things have changed, had changed in your life um, since the summer of 2019. You mentioned like the person that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with. Is there anything about that experience that like shaped you as a businesswoman and or a Filipino? Yes. So I think pre-summer 2019, I was in this headspace of like not really being accepting of who I am as like a person and as a Filipino, right? And so I've always dated people who are not Filipino or, you know, were like really different from me, I guess, right? Kind of that. Mm -hmm. And I think in summer 2019, I started talking and dating my now current husband, like my not current husband, but my now (laughs) husband. And like (laughs) when I when we had first started dating, it was the first time that I felt so comfortable, like eating with my hands. Like, this is such a weird thing to say, but he like came to my family's house and everyone started eating with their hands. And I like got a little embarrassed and I started getting spoons and forks for people. And we were eating like tilapia with like bagoong and like rice okay and I was like wanted to like eat it but I also wanted to like not make him feel weird but then he was like no it's fine and I think in that like it was like all these little moments that happened in 2019 that like just got me to be like dude like (laughs) you're Filipino bro like it's okay and all these people like around you like celebrate you or like you know like they they Mm. they love how you are already so it's okay and I think that summer was the first time that I really like felt that and I felt that with like my husband so then you you know that's kind of when I knew I was like oh shoot like I'm probably gonna get married to this guy like whoa but um (laughs) yeah and it's sometimes I feel like it's so silly and I don't really talk about it because it's like such a silly thing but yeah I really felt like I could be myself that's a beautiful that's a beautiful story I love that story thanks I'm like crying (laughs) oh I think it's it's such a a beautiful reckoning when like you have these moments that like remind you that the people that surround you love you and accept you for like just as you are and celebrate who you are and especially celebrating your your Filipino culture because that's that's our roots you know and yeah finding that freedom and just like loving who you are you know like there's so much freedom in that and I'm so happy to hear this story and like yeah you know that step of like finding that freedom with your husband yeah. You're now husband. Lovely. Congratulations. Yeah. Who is not, who is not Filipino, by the way. He's Mexican. And it it was like, I don't know. It just, it felt like nobody would ever accept me unless they were Filipino. But then I was constantly putting myself in situations to not be with someone who could accept me. Mm. So then when I found someone that did, it was just like, whoa this is what it's like. Come on, guys. Like, this is what y'all talking about. (laughs) I I love hearing 
how you've had all of these moments that have liberated you in the past few years. Yes. Like you just sound so joyful. Yeah. I'm into it. I am. I That's am awesome. joyful. I, I love who I am. And I love, I love when people love who they are and it just like, I could just like stare at them like all day. Like I have so many people in my life, like Dustin, you're one of them, you know, like you just love who you are. And like, for me, I, I just want to be around people who just love who they are. And they're just like living, you know, like, yeah, live. absolutely. Live. That's how just, I feel. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Aww. You're going to give me emotional. Yeah. Thanks for saying that, Jeanette. Yeah. You know it. Well, I freaking love you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jeanette, let's play a game. Uh, I'd like you to think about all of the challenges that you might have faced leading up to becoming the CEO of Bo. And now imagine you're standing in front of your childhood self. Take this opportunity to reflect on all of what you've learned over time about what it means to be a successful Filipina business leader. What words of encouragement or practical advice would you give to your younger self? I would tell my younger self, girl, you are brown as fuck. Oh, yeah. I would tell her that. And I would tell her that you're 5'3", you're not small. Okay. I would tell her that. And <laughs> tell her. <laughs> I would tell her that the people who call you bossy or mean or too much are the wrong people. Mm. I would tell her that. Because yeah, I think when I was a kid growing up, I um my dad was in the military. We lived in military housing and my school was primarily white. And I remember being like, I remember knowing that I was brown and I remember knowing that I was Filipino and like not wanting to be, you know, like I wanted the Lunchables Mm -hmm. that everybody had. And like one time I brought, I brought sinigang and rice and I had a little thing of patis and my patis spilled and everyone was like making fun of me because it smelled like fish. And I remember distinctly just being like, why the heck did my mom pack this for me? But no, like I had the best lunches. Like I'm not even gonna lie. (laughs) I did. And there were a lot of times when I sat by myself and ate my weird quote unquote lunch alone. And like, I, I replay those moments Like I used to replay those moments and think of how sad it was, but actually like it's not sad. And I want that little girl to know that like, yeah, you're brown, dude. It's cool. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yes, to brown Amen. women. Yes. And all Amen. the brown women stand up. Yes. 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 Awesome. Love. Thanks. All right. Are you working on anything that we should be keeping an eye out for at Bo? Yes. So Bo is actually launching a new line um, that's all bamboo fabrics. And so in the summertime, it's a bamboo intimates collection. Um, 
And the other thing is we are launching a new initiative where we collaborate with other women-owned businesses um, to create products. So if there's a collaboration idea you might have or just even want to brainstorm or talk through any ideas, like this is the perfect place. Super cool. Can I, I have a question. Why why bamboo? There's a lot about fabrics that I think women are unaware of in terms of like their own vaginal health, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a thing that people don't talk about really. They kind of just like, oh, it's underwear, like you wear it, right? And especially like, right. I, I feel like Filipino culture is also very modest. So in a lot of ways, like I, I tried to scale that back with marketing and I realized that that's doing a disservice to, to women and their knowledge. So the reason why we're going with bamboo is because it's actually a fabric that's better for your vaginal health than a lot of cottons, um, even the way that it's farmed versus sustainably like processed, all these different things. Um, it's actually better for women, which is why we're going with bamboo and launching this line. There's only a couple brands that do it really well and sustainably and we want to be one of those so yeah that's awesome amazing i would love to learn more about like bamboo and how it you know how it's good you know we don't especially in filipino culture we don't talk about our vaginas okay we (laughs) don't we don't even say that word ever we don't vagina everyone it's fine it's yikes (laughs) 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 but yeah it's like we don't we don't we don't talk about and i know a lot of other cultures don't talk about like vaginas and our vaginal health but it's so important it really is like yes you know a whole like thing on its own yes it is it's a whole ecosystem yeah it is and so Really, like, because I know that people don't talk about this, like, I was just going to go with cotton or, like, just keep doing what I'm doing, like, you know, like, whatever materials are available. But why I'm so excited about this bamboo line is because it is going to be, like, an educational aspect as well as to why women should know about their bodies and the types of things that they wear and you know, if they have daughters, like be able to explain like why something is better than the other or to their sisters or to their aunts or to their mom. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I do feel like when you have this knowledge, you're just empowered to make better decisions for yourself. So, yes. Yes. This is That's so awesome. empowering. I'm so Yay! excited for this. Ah! I'm going to get some bunties <laughs> from Bo. I'm so excited. Um, so how, how can folks learn more about Bo and, and just you as a beautiful human being? Yes, you can learn more about Bo by visiting our Instagram. It's just at Bo Undies, B-E-A-U. Or you can email me at Jeanette at BoUndies.com, which is J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E. Woohoo. All right. Awesome. Final question, Jeanette. What's put a smile on your face recently? Besides you both? Um, Let's see. What has put a smile on my face? I think seeing so many people proud to be vaccinated. Like, is that too political? I don't know. (laughs) No, it's all good. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah, just seeing that people are so excited to be vaccinated and sharing that. And it just feels like community when this whole year, like it's kind of felt pretty lonely, you know, like being in your own house. So just really grateful for that. And I love seeing it on my social media. So give vaccinated. <laughs> Get your shot. Ah, well, this was amazing. I, I feel I know and I know Dustin feels very happy to speak to someone who is so empowering and beautiful and amazing and powerful. So thank you so much for all that you're doing in the community and for chatting with us. Y'all, this was Jeanette Mangilit Castro. Yay! Yay! Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And can you tell me why you're being, why you're so fantastic right now? Well, it's because I've been listening to this really cool podcast. It's called Me Search. Uh, Me Search. Hmm. Tell me more. Um. You know, we've well. <laughs> not, <laughs> not much to tell you since you've been there, but. <laughs> You're listening to Me Search, a podcast featuring Philan perspectives. Let us know what you think. Rate us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch new episodes on the first and third Wednesday each month. <laughs> well, I'll have to catch it, meaning I'll listen to our own episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like Jeanette. Um, I want to be like her when I grow up. <laughs> me too. What? What a boss. Like a boss for sure. Like what they call millennial boss ladies. Like I feel like that's Jeanette like times a million. Yeah. Yeah. I freaking <laughs> love her vibe, yo. Yeah. She's super chill. Um, and I really do look up to her. She's doing amazing things as a leader, affecting change in her community. And I love that Bo's business model also integrates an aspect of giving back to the community. And what I love seeing is brown women in leadership roles because the philanthropy that companies do and that co that corporate social responsibility, it's more thoughtful and authentic. And Jeanette is a great example for other, for other folks because she focuses on empowering and uplifting others, and in particular, mm -hmm. women of color. Yeah, I... In everything that she does, she's empowering others and herself. Um, I loved her story about finding that self-acceptance, you know, that that story about her husband and the Tony Robbins moment that she had. That was um, two wonderful stories that she shared with us um, that showed her power and showed her realization of self and loving self. I think we need more of that, you know, mm -hmm. especially from brown women especially from filipino women we need to you know feel empowered and and learn to love ourselves a lot more because <laughs> i think oftentimes we are taught not to um mm -hmm. and it's very difficult so love yourself take a note from Jeanette's book you know um and also surround yourself with people that let you be you like her yeah. husband like i think that's super important like seriously like just 
you know, give that deuces to anyone who's telling you or making you feel like you are not enough. And I know that could be hard for some people, and especially if you have like history with them or whatever, but let go of the things that don't liberate you. Um, it's, it will, it will improve your quality of life exponentially. I can also attest to that. So mm -hmm. yeah, surround yourself with people who, who love you for who you are. It's time to get liberated, y'all. Let's liberate ourselves. Yeah, get liberated. Let's talk about this intersectionality side of Jeanette's experience. So she is often the only brown person in the room or only mm -hmm. woman in these corporate spaces. What What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, she used to think that we can't speak up as a woman or a brown person or a brown woman. And she said that she used to think that maybe she was overthinking this, but I think it's fair to say that this sentiment is normal and something that a lot of us can relate to because of the colonization and the sexism that the colonizers have imposed on us. And mm -hmm. this has become a generational practice um, an ideal, especially for women, speaking up is freaking challenging. <laughs> I know that I've had to work really hard on this, and it's still very challenging for me. I've, you know, you have to peel off layers in the moment when it's like, okay, this is a moment where I need to speak up, but like, it's like, oh my gosh, I have all these emotional and mental blocks that I need to like finagle with so I can just say something and it's such a process and sometimes you have to make that process go like as fast as possible so you can get that thing that you wanted to say out it's a lot of work y'all <laughs> um taking a lot of time to reflect on why this is so hard sometimes it's it's hard to confront the things that have made us the way that we are you know but, you know, we have to do so much decolonization work to assert ourselves and to advocate for ourselves. And I really love how Jeanette brought this up and shared how she's found the courage to speak up in these rooms, because I think this is a really wonderful example for all of our listeners, especially our our women and our, our um, women of color who, you know, hesitate at times. We can do it. If you need to go throw up in the bathroom afterwards, it's all good, you know? It's all good. But, you know, yeah, speaking up is hard. Speaking up is really hard, but, you know, like, it's empowering. And, like, when you do it, it's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I can do this. Yes, you can. And, yes, yeah. everyone, please speak up. Everyone's opinion uh, particularly if you're a woman or minority of color or any of these marginalized populations, your lived experiences have value. And I totally believe that, especially in professional spaces where we tend to spend a huge chunk of our time, it can be so mentally draining to come to work and engage with other people in a way that's not authentic to who we are as people, to our identities and to what we believe. And on, on the other hand, it's it's great to come to conversations with an open mind and a willingness to learn more and to challenge your current beliefs. Um, but it's so much harder for people of color and for women. Mm -hmm. I'll say, though, Jeanette strikes a really great balance between 
you know, sticking to who you are and also like being mindful of other people. Um, it's clear that she's using, using those skills to be an effective leader. Yeah. And I loved how she mentioned how she, she approaches folks coming from a place of asking and understanding. And I appreciate her candor about this and how this wasn't always the case when pointing out questionable things. Um, I think our communication style coming in our community, if you, if you are in a place of authority, like if you're like mom <laughs> or auntie, it's like, that's wrong. <laughs> Period or like why why are you doing oh that you know my um, God. I know I know I know so I have issues with authority like even to this day like I'm like ooh authority figures how do I how do I address these issues to you sometimes um, but of course working on it but I think we have difficulty just generally speaking with authority figures in our community and um, we need to continue figuring out how to assert ourselves and how to talk to people who are older than us and talk to people who are authority figures because they're still like, they're still our peers in a way, you know? And Mm -hmm. again, like your opinion matters and like we matter, right? And it's this feeling Mm -hmm. of like, what we say is not enough, especially to people who are above us. Um, mm-hmm. And especially when we want to address something that challenges what they think. Um, but, you know, Jeanette has found a very effective way to discuss, um, you know, challenging matters. And I think this is, it's difficult to do, but she's doing it. And I think this is a great nugget of wisdom to to really ask from a place of understanding and not like what she said, like, no, Dustin, that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that's really hard because I think that's like our, because we've grown up with that kind of, you know, vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It shows up, of course, in like our adult lives. Um, It's easier to say those things. And it definitely takes a lot more work to come from a place that Jeanette is coming from, which I highly encourage all of us to try and do if you're not doing it already. Yeah. Very smart lady. Yeah. Um, so, Boo, what are your final thoughts about uh, Jeanette's episode? I feel like a lot of folks can listen to this episode and take a lot of Jeanette's experiences and apply them to their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate... The fact that Jeanette called out her experiences with colonial mentality. Yeah. Because that that is a struggle that a lot of Filipinos deal with, especially Filipino-Americans, because we are caught in this situation where we're juggling multiple cultures. And she's she's on that path to figuring out who she is and what she can be proud of in her, in her family and her culture. And... That is something to be very proud of. So great job, Jeanette. Mm-hmm. And I hope a lot of folks listen to this episode and, and take something from this because this is really special. And that is all the time we have today. Ah! I hope you all enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs>
make sure to subscribe to MeSearch wherever you listen to podcasts. Find new episodes on the first and third Wednesday every month. Check us out at MeSearchPodcast.com. And find us on social media at MeSearchPodcast. MeSearch is produced and hosted by Dustin Domingo and Crystal Tugatti. Editing by Dustin Domingo. Special thanks to our guest, Jeanette Munglit Castro. Make sure to follow her on Bo Undies and visit BoUndies.com. That's B-E-A-U Undies.com. Shoutouts to all our friends and family giving this podcast a shot. We'll catch you all at the next episode. We're going to get to the bottom of things. This is me, Surge, folks. Hey. Woo-hoo.